Hello everyone, I'm Paris Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to 12 O'Clock High, a podcast on business leadership with Tom Fox, hosted by Richard Lummis. Another episode of 12 O'Clock High, a podcast about leadership. This is Richard Lummis. I'm here with Tom Fox for another discussion on how to improve our leadership skills. We believe leadership is a skill which can be improved with study of both good and bad practices, and we try to draw interesting examples from many sources, including history, fiction, film, and business writing. Welcome back, Tom. Thank you, Richard. Previously, we've talked about the use of data analytics in baseball to improve decision-making. Today, we're going to look at another aspect of the Houston Astros organization with direct application to business. This is their August 2018 acquisition of Roberto Osuna, fresh off a 75-game suspension for domestic abuse. Despite the Astros having a stated zero-tolerance policy for such offenses, the issue raises for me questions of due process. Osuna has not yet entered a plea to the charges and has said he will plead not guilty, but he was suspended anyway. And as well as the issues of due diligence and hiring, zero tolerance policies in general, and employee morale when corporate actions and rhetoric seem to diverge. Tom, let's talk about some of these issues that are common to most corporations. Where would you like to begin? So, um, there's just so much to unpack here, Richard, and that was a great introduction. Um, I would not uh, have suggested this topic for a podcast if the Astros had not had a zero tolerance policy. No. And uh, I was, um, uh, I know we're going to get to uh, certainly due process and due diligence, but what offended me was having a zero tolerance policy until <laughs> they didn't, until uh, they got a 23 year old under a favorable contract who has a cannon right arm. Uh, that's how long we have zero tolerance. During the pennant stretch run. During the pennant stretch run. Uh, and to the Astros, or to my dismay, the Astros' response was, well, zero tolerance doesn't apply when you're not an Astro. Uh, so that was just, uh, I thought that was just a horrible, horrible example. Um, in the, I think uh, for institutional fairness, you have to be consistent in your application of your policy, whatever your policy is. If it's zero tolerance, it has to be applied uniformly. If it's not zero tolerance, tolerance it has to be applied uniformly. So uh, uh, that's what really offended me uh, as much as uh, anything about this. Uh, but it does uh, bring up some other issues. So uh, why don't we move to the um, due process and uh, try to tie that maybe to institutional justice or institutional fairness. Okay, well, you know, one of the things that happened was, as I said, as of the date of this podcast, he's not yet entered a plea, Um, although his lawyer has said he will plead not guilty if it gets that far. Uh, They're they're negotiating with the Crown, and the lawyer seems to think that they will, by entering a peace bond, have the charges dropped. In any event, Major League Baseball, and and they can do this under their policy. um, Under their collective bargaining agreement. Yes, yes. But um, it's effectively a $2.5 million fine of Osuna uh, prior to any finding of, of guilt, um, which struck me as uh, as rather severe. But again, none of the facts have come out publicly about the, uh, the alleged uh, abuse. So, so that really, uh, what it brought up for me um, was the uh, issue... Uh, around uh, not simply uh, due process, but uh, rehabilitation. So what's the purpose of a penalty? 
uh, in the uh, criminal law world, uh, one purpose is deterrence. Uh, one purpose is punishment. Uh, one purpose is uh, rehabilitation. And uh, in spite of my earlier statements about zero tolerance, uh, the Astros argued, um, I wasn't sure persuasively, nevertheless, they did argue that uh, he deserved a second chance and that the Astros would take some responsibility for that. Uh, I think certainly to the extent he's in the clubhouse, they'll take responsibility for that. But that's only a part of his workday. Uh, he's not going to be in the clubhouse. And um, frankly, I don't know how you would monitor that kind of behavior. But uh, they also have uh, uh, partnered with local um, domestic abuse uh, nonprofit groups. Um, they've said that he will speak at groups, public groups. They have said he will speak to minor leaguers within the Astro Farm system, and he will try to use his experiences as a teaching moment or a teachable moment uh, to help stop the scourge of domestic abuse. So um, it, I really do... Um, struggle around this issue, but I, I, I do have to acknowledge that rehabilitation is one purpose of punishment and that um, my, un unfortunately, my views on this are largely colored by the Enron scandal and the people uh, who were either found guilty, pled guilty, or involved in the Enron scandal, um, with one exception, have all tried to indicate they are re rehabilitated without ever saying uh, I'm sorry for violating a law. Uh, and so I've really had a bad, uh, uh, just a bad taste around that issue since uh, that time, uh, prominent here in Houston, the Enron scandal. Um, but in the world of anti-corruption compliance, where I practice, uh, there are more than one example of a successfully rehabilitated uh, prison-going uh, uh, convict or former convict uh, in the FCPA world uh, who talks about his experiences. Uh, it's not simply don't be like me. Uh, it is uh, uh, how, to, how to prevent this type of behavior uh, through uh, internal controls, policies, and procedures. So I think I have to acknowledge that rehabilitation is an important part of any punishment. And there are some instances where, um, you know, it takes a thief to catch a thief, or it takes a fraudster to teach you how not to get defrauded, perhaps. Uh, but And maybe in this situation, you have an alleged abuser uh, who can speak to his alleged experiences uh, well, uh, going forward. In this case, the, uh, the Astros claim they're confident that he's remorseful, and his lawyer, perhaps for tactical reasons, takes some exception to that and says what he's remorseful about is the entire situation, including being traded and having a 75-game suspension and losing $2.5 million in salary. Um, so it's... I, I, I think your point is correct. It's my problem with zero-tolerance policies in general and that they um, prohibit rehabilitation or redemption, however you want to phrase it. Uh, it's just not at all clear to me that this is an appropriate case yet for that type of thing. So let's move next to due diligence. And uh, I would, um, there are many different types of due diligence. It's used for a variety of purposes. Uh, in the anti-corruption world, it's used to investigate uh, third parties or potential business partners uh, to see if they have a propensity to engage in bribery and corruption. But um, Every business leader should acknowledge that they had due diligence performed on them 
or at least I hope they had due diligence <laughs> performed on them. But uh, the um, uh, if you're going to move into senior leadership in any organization, you're going to go through some type of due diligence. So uh, what is due diligence? Is it simply looking at the paper record? Is it doing the kind of inquiry that you alluded to to see if there's true remorse, to see if the person uh, has rehabilitated or even has moved to redemption? Um, if they have engaged in uh, certain types of behavior once, does that mean there's a greater propensity to engage in it uh, again? Certainly in the fraud world, uh, the answer would probably be yes. Uh, but uh, in the domestic abuse world or alleged domestic abuse world, I don't know uh, the answer to that. Um, that's become, um, I think, a pretty hot topic in the Me Too era uh, where uh, people's conduct from, from literally 40 years ago has been drug up. Uh, we have examples uh, as recently as this week where uh, current Major League Baseball players who uh, made racially insensitive remarks in, on Twitter when they were teenagers have been called out for that. So um, I'm, 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 str- I'm struggling with uh, the due diligence, because, and, and I bring up due diligence in the context of Osuna because the Astros made clear they engaged in extensive due diligence on this. Um, uh, they have not released any information as to their position on whether or not he did engage in criminal behavior. Uh, but um, even they acknowledged uh, that um, they couldn't get the, they don't have the full story. So if you're going to engage in due diligence and you don't have the full story, I'm not sure the point of doing it. Um, but uh, they, they, uh, in a statement, the Astros said, our decision to acquire Roberto was based on the entirety of information that we gathered during our extensive evaluation. Uh, that included as much information as we could gather about the specific incident and charges that were filed, uh, but it also included information they gathered uh, about his actions before and after the inc- incident, as well as his personal reputation among teammates and coaches. So um, I don't know if this is a damned if you do or damned if you don't situation, but uh, it just seems to me that um, understanding the purpose of due diligence is to uh, uncover any prior acts of whatever acts you're trying to look at. And if that means there's a potential or propensity, um, I would certainly hope zero tolerance would apply going forward. Yeah. Well, we can hope. There was another issue to me, which was the employee morale. Um, In particular, Justin Verlander and Lance McCullers have both been very outspoken in opposition to domestic violence, especially on the part of uh, sports figures. And so for the Astros to have, uh, and the the Astros are known to have a very tight clubhouse, or were prior to this, Um, and just... When when the divergence between your official policy and you're making an exception in order to get a, a important piece of your potential pennant winning team are so extreme, it just strikes me that other employees are bound to be impacted by it. You know, I have to, uh, I couldn't agree more. Um, the uh, Osuna met uh, with the Astros uh, in their clubhouse uh, and uh, in a closed meeting, of course. Uh, and um, I was most struck by the uh, Major League uh, Baseball Players Representative Colin McHugh's remarks after uh, Osuna spoke, where he said, I don't think anybody's comfortable with the situation. Um, 
that that seems to me as really not good morale. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there were other players uh, who I think uh, did rally around him. Uh, we've talked about uh, Alex Bregman in a uh, earlier podcast. Turns out his father is a criminal defense lawyer, and he said <laughs> that uh, everyone's innocent. Presumption of innocence. Uh, so he was going to take that, and as as well as is his right. But uh, you're right. We do had Justin Verlander and Lance McCullers making some pretty strong statements. Uh, if you believe the uh, Astros family had a zero-tolerance policy, obviously that's got to have some in- impact too. And what that does to a clubhouse, we just, we just don't know. And if something happens again, um, you know, I think I think there are going to be some pretty, pretty hard feelings. So um, uh, it, it's interesting in, in the – in our earlier podcast on the Astros, we talked about uh, their prior World Series appearance in 2005. One of the things about that uh, appearance was that at the trading deadline, they sent Craig Biggio and Jeff Bagwell to the general manager to tell the general manager, do not trade for anyone. We want to go with the guys in this clubhouse. Whereas the year before, when they had made it to the NLCS and lost in seven games to St. Louis, they had made a big trade at the trading deadline. So you're absolutely right. Uh, clubhouse chemistry, uh, clubhouse morale is 25 men, and uh, uh, that goes a long way towards uh, the success or failure of a team. So at this point, I, I guess we would just have to say um, there's a, a, an open question on that. But there, there's a couple of things I would like to uh, end with. Richard, um, there were three sports writers uh, who said some some pretty interesting things I'd like to just end with. Uh, Buster Olney, ESPN's top baseball guy, said it was uh, the trade was surprising, disappointing, shocking, and appalling. Yahoo sports writer Jeff Passan said that the Astros engaged in moral bankruptcy by acquiring a player of tainted character simply because, in this case, he gets outs in the ninth inning. But I'm going to leave the final word, at least for me, to um, the extra bases columnist for the New York Times, Tyler Kempner. And he wrote about the trade. Um, and it's interesting that the, the Astros traded a former starter and two prospects. Uh, the former starter uh, was is uh, Ken Giles. Ken Giles um, seemed to lose the ability to close games in the uh, ALCS and certainly in the World Series was pulled from the World Series. He's had a terrible year so far. Uh, after one outing, when he was pulled from a game, he was observed by a lip reader as cursing his manager. Uh, the next day, he was assigned to the Miners, and I think a week later, he was traded. <clears throat> so um, Tyler Kempner said that uh, the uh, old Astro, former Astro Kenny Giles, and the new Astro Robert Osuna, uh, the choice of Osuna over Giles makes it seem as if the Astros' real zero-tolerance policy is made for uh, Giles' misdeeds, not Osuna's. A disturbing message from a team that should have found a better option. Well, I'm inclined to agree with him, but I do wonder if non-New York Times reading sports fans will really care, especially if the Astros win. And in that light, Osuna made his first appearance with the Astros two days ago in the eighth inning. He threw five pitches. All of them were strikes and retired the side in order. (laughs) At the top of the next inning, Marlon Gonzalez hit a home run, giving Osuna a win on five pitches. So, who knows? 
I think that's a great way to end it, Richard. On that note, this is Richard Lummis and Tom Fox with 12 O'Clock High. This is Paris Fox again. We hope you enjoyed this episode of 12 O'Clock High, a podcast on business leadership with Tom Fox. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and rate the podcast. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.